You know, true friendship transforms us as we journey through the ordinary and the extraordinary moments of life together. Amy Boucher Pye believes that friendship with Jesus is no exception. It's the greatest invitation into a relationship that sees us forever change for the better. In her new book, Transforming Love, our guest takes a look at the close friendship Mary, Martha, and Lazarus enjoyed with Jesus to uncover fresh insights on well-known biblical stories. We're super excited to talk about just this whole relationship that Jesus had with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, which is super cool. So we're excited about that because, again, we, we've been, this last year, we've been encouraging the My Bridge Radio family, and many people have jumped on with us to read through the Gospels every month. Amazing. We've been doing that, and it's been awesome, yeah. You know, I've read through this story in the past, but this last year, quite a few times, so, so we're familiar with it. What caused you to kind of focus in on that relationship? Well, it's... It's really interesting because there's a retreat center here in the UK called Lee Abbey. It's in Devon, which they say is one of God's part of God's country. It's just amazingly beautiful. And they asked me for the very first time to lead a retreat there. And the subject that they had was finding peace between Mary and Martha. Hmm. And my heart kind of sank because I'm like, oh, really? That whole thing again? (laughs) You know, to be honest. But at the time, I was just finishing my master's in Christian spirituality. So I had access to this amazing library. And as I did all this research, I'm like, oh, my word, the church father fathers, not mothers, loved Mary and Martha as this wonderful, you know, relationship between action and contemplation. And then I got to know Lazarus as well. And it birthed into this amazing book about, well, this look at friendship with Jesus, because that's what the, the title is, Transforming Love, How Friendship with Jesus Changes Us, Just Like He Changed Those Siblings. Amy, when we think about it, we even hear the terms friendship with Jesus. Why would Jesus want a friendship with us? He promised his disciples before he died, you know, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. It'll be better for you. We're like, really? I'm kind of jealous of Martha and Mary and Lazarus because they had Jesus in the flesh. But Jesus said, no, it'll be better for you because I'll send the Holy Spirit. So as we look at how he treated these siblings, we can then see how he'll treat us and how he does treat us. I mean, you really talk about in the book uh, how Jesus really met them at the point of their need, right? So I'd love for you to unpack that a little bit for us this morning. The famous Luke 10 story of Martha being in the kitchen, getting all a little, you know, upset that Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. He sees Martha and then he calls her to do what Mary was doing, which was to be countercultural because a woman would not sit at the feet of a rabbi. And Jesus says, you know, come on, Martha, come and be with me and find the better way. But then look at the next story in John 11, where Lazarus, their beloved brother, has died. Martha comes out and meets him and says, Jesus, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. She's one of the three people in the New Testament to say, Jesus, you are the Messiah. So she makes this amazing uh, declaration of him. And then we see Mary coming and throwing herself at Jesus's feet, saying the same thing. If you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. So Jesus meets her needs 
and he weeps with her. I love what you were talking there about specifically when Jesus wept with them. In my opinion, <laughs> he wasn't weeping for Lazarus. He knew what was about to happen. He was empathizing with them in their pain, which is amazing to me. Years ago when we had our first child and he ended up in the hospital, I never heard for another human being like that in my life. This is my son. I wept. I ached in ways that I never did. And then one day I was reading in the Psalms when it says, as a father has compassion, which compassion, that's that's what I was feeling for my son. As a father has compassion for his son, so the Lord has compassion for those who fear him. I was like, what? God not only knows my pain, he not only sees my pain, he, he literally feels my pain with me. That's what I'm hearing you say about uh, Jesus. It's interesting that that shortest verse of the Bible, Jesus wept. I think it includes very much that deep empathy and experience of grief. Amy, we're talking this morning about Jesus, his friendship with Mary, Martha, Lazarus. We see it in scripture, we read it, we sense it, but how does that work today as far as us kind of seeking to apply and, and enter into that kind of intimacy, that relationship, friendship with Jesus like Mary, Martha, and Lazarus did? Well, it means everything. And, I th and I'm so keen in my book that it's not just a head kind of exercise, but that it's a, a heart one too, because our relationship with Jesus is just about being intimate with him every minute of the day, really committing ourselves to him. So at the end of every chapter, I have two prayer exercises. There are different ways to pray. They're, you know, praying with the Bible, imaginative gospel prayer, um, lament, all these different ways to pray so that it isn't just a head kind of a thing, but it's a way of saying, Lord, I desire to be your friend. And we know that God promises if we even turn toward him a little bit, he'll run toward us. So if we just commit a tiny little bit of effort and desire, he will just magnify that and meet with us and love us and it'll change us. Mm, that's so good. Yeah, that's, uh, with that, that's imagery that you just kind of created there, kind of lines up with, right, with the prodigal, right? That's, yep, exactly. That's exactly what I was saying. Yeah. God ran to me like he runs to yeah. us. Well, we're still a long way off, but yet we've turned <laughs> our heart and attention towards him. He meets us in that. And it's a powerful picture. It's an amazing one, isn't it? And it's one that we should, we should claim in the right, in the best sense of the word, because he wants us to know that we're his beloved sons and daughters and friends. Amy, I'm curious. So what was something that surprised you as you kind of dove deeper into the story and of Jesus, Lazarus, Mary, Martha, and you kind of went deep and wide on it? What's something that uh, you didn't, you weren't thinking coming into it, but you're like, wow, this new insight. There were a lot of things and I've hinted at the countercultural nature of Jesus. But one thing that surprised me was Jesus waited for four days before he went to Lazarus, when Mary and Martha sent word that their beloved brother, the one you love, is ill. They didn't even name him. And Lazarus probably died on that first day. And Jesus waited four days to go. I mean, they only lived in Bethany, two miles from Jerusalem. These were the friends that he loved. That's what it says in John um, 11. These were the people he loved. So why would he wait so long? And it's fascinating. The theologians and Bible commentators say that there was a belief at the time that the soul would hang about above the body of a dead person for three days, hoping to re-enter the body. This was a Jewish belief. And so Jesus, by waiting four days, said, no, 
you know, the soul's completely gone because he was acting out what Martha said. Martha said, you're the Messiah. And he said, I am the resurrection and the life. And so bringing Lazarus back to life, he was saying, I am the resurrection and the life. And he did all of that out of love for them and love for us because it sent him to the cross. And he knew that it would. Amy, as we've talked this morning about uh, just friendship with Jesus and reflecting on the whole reality of Jesus' friendship with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus and how it impacts our lives, that God does offer us that kind of relationship, but it starts with that initial decision to follow him, right? To come into that saving relationship with Christ. And and that's when the doors open of our heart, he comes in and love to hear your journey in that. How did you come to know Jesus? Yes. Well, it's a wonderful, kind of boring story because my parents are strong Christians. And when I was just like three, three or four, I went to a friend's church where there was like a vacation Bible school. And I remember at that precious age, it's one of my earliest, earliest recollections of accepting Jesus into my heart. And so I've very much felt that God was always with me. I went to camp growing up and then I worked at camps in Minnesota and I went to Bethel University in Minnesota. And it was in my 20s, though, where my faith really, really came alive after the death of a very good friend when we were 19. That really sent me into lament and and searching for God. And then in my early 20s, I was engaged to be married and it was not the right thing. And that's where I really just, my quiet times came alive and I started to sense that still small voice of God and how much he loved me. And that's where my faith really, really flourished. Mm, So good. Yeah. I don't think that's a boring story at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, it's not a, you know, a lightning. I was into drugs and rock and roll and all that kind of thing. And then I was hit on the Damascus Road. <laughs> yeah. And I'm grateful that I didn't have all of those. Yeah. You know, that it is boring in the sense of that God met me as a child and that I've traveled with him all these years. And obviously, anytime we get come into a relationship with the living God, it's, that's amazing. That's an amazing story always of like the God of the universe yes. would know our names, you know, and uh, yeah, it's it's amazing. So, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Amy, uh, you write about journaling through God's word, which I really love. If I had to pick one spiritual discipline that outside of just the word of God itself that uh, has been been so significant in my journey, it would be it would be journaling. And I wasn't, when I say that, I'm like, I'm, that wasn't natural for me. Like I had to grapple and wrestle with it before it finally unlocked. But after it got unlocked, it was like, oh, this is amazing. Talk about the four R's, how you reflect on the word in writing and coach us up on that a little bit today. So the four R's are reading, reflecting, responding, and resting. Mm -hmm. And it's just this, it can be a circular thing. You don't have to do the first step and then the second and then the third and the fourth, but we read the scripture and then we reflect on it. We read it again and reflect on it. So we're like chewing the cud like a cow. Mm -hmm. And then scripture gets into us and we can't help but to respond. So we read the passage again and we respond to God with all the words of praise, petition, adoration, thanksgiving. And then The fourth step, I think, is hardest for modern people. We read it through again and we rest. We don't have to do anything. We just pause and rest in God's presence. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's what Mary was doing. Maybe she was just resting in God's presence, in Jesus's presence as she sat at his feet and, and took in 
all that he was teaching her. Mm-hmm. That's the Lectio Divina. It's an ancient practice of moving the scriptures from our head as an intellectual thing into our heart. Well, Amy, this has been really good. And I, I think there will be a good number in the MyBridge family who might take this on as a supplement to the time we've already been spending in the Gospels this year. Thank you for unpacking these stories for us this morning. Really appreciated being here. Thanks so much.